Hello, hello, and welcome back to No Fairy Tale Travels, where we continue our Cambodian adventure. Are you ready for a day in Bottom Bong? <laughs> this is going to be one heck of an interesting 24 hours, I gotta tell ya. And it begins the morning after we arrive, the day after we arrive. So we arrive, we have a lovely dinner, and we kind of mosey on home. We're all dead and sunburned, and we wake up the next morning ready for... Not ready for everything that's coming, let's put it that way. <laughs> If you have any questions or comments or anything you want to ask me or anything like that at all, go to nofairytaletravels.substack.com and you can find the post for this podcast and leave me a comment there and I'll get back to you. So, let us go back to Bottom Bong. Me and my brand new travel family are all checked into this quaint little hostel, kind of on the other side of the city where there aren't any other travelers, even though there's almost no other travelers in the city anyway. It's actually a nice reversal from CM Reap where it's Whitey Central, and then you have Bottom Bong where you are the only white people there. You are the only foreigners, really. You and a handful of others. And our little tiny sort of B&B hostel, it was a very cute little hostel, looked kind of like what you'd imagine a third world prison would look like, but cute almost and we were one two girls and three guys including myself so we wake up the next morning after we arrive and the first thing that we do is run to the pharmacy to get as much sunburn lotion aloe vera medicated everything sunburn attack lotion that we can get <laughs> for the white man has become the red man and, oh my gosh, looking back at the photos there, actually, maybe it was just me and one other girl. We got hit bad. We we lobstered, for sure. <laughs> so, we bought so much lotion. And the Cambodian pharmacies, they're little more than little corner drug dealers, basically. It's, it's rather funny. And Another funny thing about Cambodia is how you pay for things. It's a total ripoff for tourists, but it's kind of funny how it works. Is you have to pay for everything in dollars, American dollars, U.S. dollars, and then you get Cambodian money back and change. They'll never give you dollars back. All of the prices are in Cambodian money, by the way, but they still charge you in U.S. money. Then they give you back Cambodian money, and then no one will accept your Cambodian money. So you end up with a wad of what is literally for you worthless Cambodian money and dollars. And the ATMs give you dollars as well. It's a, it's a confusing, funny little setup. And every time you buy something, it's like from a corner drug dealer is what it feels like. But it's just a little uh, stall, basically, in the wall. Stall in the wall. <laughs> I'm in a good mood today. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't forget some wine. Oh, my gosh, that's one thing. I wasn't drinking wine at the time, but there was no... I don't remember seeing anybody drinking wine in Cambodia, and their their liquor selection is rather awkward uh, occasionally. Uh, no, more than occasionally. All right, all right, let me stay on track. I'm going to stay on track. So, we basically bathe in aloe, and then we go to a local market, a real local market, 
not the fake ones that they have just for tourists. I mean, we were the only foreigners there. And I got to tell you, first of all, it's kind of similar. It's huge and huge, and you can buy knockoffs of every type of clothing you have ever seen. Save some money for your Gucci craft. Go to Cambodia, buy some knockoffs, go home. You'll save $1,000. It looks just the same. Uh, who cares if it's not real? It's probably made by the same people, actually. <laughs> so you're going through these markets. And it's just clothes and watches and shoes and underwear. I don't know where the women try on the underwear because they have a lot of bras and all that stuff and lingerie. I guess you just don't. You just buy it and, well, that's it. It's, it's, you can't really take it back. <laughs> but the, the interesting part about all of these markets, yeah, that's the food. That's the food. Make sure that you're feeling really good before you go to a local food market in a Southeast Asian country. Mm. It looks like a nightmare. I mean, they have fish that they cut the heads off like normal and they slice them in half. And then they sort of slice two or three times down the sides of the fish and then put it in like a wavy pattern. So it looks like some sort of weird squid octopus, like a squawktopus fish sitting there. And you see that you, you just, you don't know what the hell you're looking at. It's just terrifying. Sometimes you'll see little turtles. I didn't see those in Cambodia, but what happened in Vietnam traumatized me. <laughs> but let's go back here. So you'll see all sorts of really interesting food or fruits and fish and vegetables. And you don't see that much meat, actually. And you don't really see too many eggs. You will never see bread. And you would say, well, you shouldn't have bread next to all that stuff. Well, yeah, you shouldn't have fruits right next to the fish, right next to the bleeding meat. But, you know, they have everything right next to everything. But what's more interesting than that food, because that's like the nicer food that you would buy to have a family meal and all of that, right? They're not eating that for lunch. What's, what's kind of interesting about these markets, and this is a worldwide thing, when you have local markets that are run every single day, right? Like, let's go to Istanbul. The marketers, marketees, the people that run the stalls, stall masters, I like that, the masters of the stall, uh, they need to eat and they need to drink. In Istanbul, they drink a lot of tea. So they have people bringing tea to them all the time. In Cambodia, it's like mealworms. I wanted to say maggots, but no, it's mealworms. And they just have a guy that walks around with a huge, huge, like, waiter's tray with a mountain of mealworms. And he has a metal cup. And he just goes around, and when one of the stallmasters wants one, some, he scoops it up in his metal cup and just pours it in their hand. Now, they're cooked, but they're not, they're not made so you can't see them or taste them. I mean, they're still gooey. And they still look like they always do when they're alive. And it's a little bit of trauma. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit of trauma. Medium amount. They say it tastes like peanut butter. That's a little bit of a stretch for me. As an American, I do love my peanut butter. Do love me some peanut butter. It's a bit of a stretch. It is a little bit gritty in your teeth. So maybe chunky peanut butter? <laughs> 
<laughs> it was so nice, though, to be somewhere where you're the only foreigner, pretty much, and you don't see any other foreigners, and to walk around. And we're a group of five and, and a mix. You always want a good mixed group. So the girls are shopping a lot. Some of us are, are shopping a little bit, but there you're never you're never you you're never alone you always have someone to talk to and banter with and have a good time and laugh at them for getting more sunburn than you or be on the receiving end of the laughing <laughs> and we got along so well and there was no one really in charge we were all just kind of flowed with the the water the wind something like that it was it was really nice i have to say and then, uh, about an hour or so after our, our morning adventure, we had a ride, or someone in the group had purchased a tuk-tuk for the day. Our bitchin' tuk-tuk driver from the night before who picked us up on the river, he was booked for the whole day for us. And it was awesome. One guy gets up front with a tuk And remember, this is like a car, not the normal tuk-tuk. This is like a miniature, mini-type car thing that looks like some sort of Volvo from 1995, but super squished. So two in the front, and then you can basically somehow magically get five in the back. So one guy goes up front and he plugs his phone in for the music, and we got music, it had a banging sound system. We got a thing overhead in case it rains, like a little awning. And then the driver hands us a bag of weed and says, go to town. <laughs> I love that you get back from staring at maggots and people just munching on them like they're Skittles. And then you get in this little mini Volvo tuk-tuk and the guy hands you a bag of weed and someone in your group starts blasting ghetto rap. And you're sitting in this tuk-tuk full of whiteies in the middle of Cambodia. wondering, And you're all red lobstered whiteies and you're wondering what the hell is going on. I don't know what was going on. Oh, oh, and we did pick up what there was one other person in our hostel, one girl, an awesome girl. Solo female travelers in Southeast Asia are pretty are usually pretty bitchin' people and really cool people. And so she tagged along with us. And we didn't know where we were going. One guy in our group, he organized a tuk-tuk and then he organized uh the the first day's event and our guide who got us batum bong, she organized the second part of it. So we're in the tuk-tuk having a great time. No one smoked weed, by the way, because apparently they have a lot of scams that they do uh, in Cambodia. And um, uh, one of the things that happened is when we were driving in the tuk-tuk, just randomly, a police officer on a scooter with two kids behind him, I'm guessing confidential informants, pulled us over. And then the driver of the tuk-tuk, without hesitation, just bribed him. It was almost like a, a, a bribe for carrying the white man, something like that. Like, here's a, excuse me, pay your whitey bribe or pay your foreigner bribe. And the driver fully expected it. There was no surprise. We didn't pay anything. But it was totally a bribe, totally corrupt. It was, it was, yeah, I guess it was a good idea that we didn't take that weed and start smoking joints. Maybe the thing was he'd give it to us. We smoke the weed. For me, that'd be easy. I, I get secondhand weed and I'm already off to the moon. Um, but then when that happens, maybe the driver, the police officer is supposed to stop us for a quote unquote routine stop and then smell the weed and 
then he gets money from us for bribes in exchange for us not going to jail. Something like that. That could be possible. And we were afraid because we'd heard so many stories. Nobody talks more than backpackers, by the way. If something happens, everyone in the whole region, every backpacker is going to know. We are, we are, we are the telegram. <laughs> we are faster than social media ever will be. <laughs> we don't have anything else to do but drink and talk. <laughs> so, speaking of drinking, mm, tasty red wine tonight. I, I forgot what it is, though. I'm sorry, I can't tell you. I'm failing on that. So let's go back to Cambodia. We're, we are in our tuk-tuk. We've survived the fake police checkpoint. And <laughs> we get to the bamboo railway. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. It looks like it's out of a Western movie where you have two criminals that are kind of stupid and they're trying to outrun a train on a little wooden platform with two sets of wheels and they're pushing that handle up and down. <laughs> or like a cartoon with Wile E. Coyote chasing the Roadrunner. That's what this is. It's these goofy little flat platforms with a motor on back. So you didn't have to hand crank it, but a motor on back. And it fits three foreigners up front, and then or four, and depending on your size. And then uh, one driver in back. And it's the loudest thing ever. It uh, if you've been in, if you were if you were a fighter in Nam, it's gonna bring back some flashbacks. <laughs> So we're sitting there with our legs over the side, totally dangerous, going much faster than you should really ever go. And someone had acquired a bunch of beers. So we are all drinking beer, legs over the side, sunburn, wind in our face, so loud it's rattling your core, your essence. And we're just jetting off into the middle of the jungle with no idea where we're going. I mean, that's the best part about being in the group is you don't have to plan, which means you get to be so excited, but you feel comfortable because you're not alone. Oh, my gosh. It was great, guys. It was it was one of the best days of my of my travels, and it was just morning. So we go through, I don't know what. It's like, honestly, I swear they were trying to smuggle us into Vietnam or something. We're just going through rice paddies and fields and... I don't know where. Pol Pot's palace or something. You'll hear about him later if you don't know about him. Actually, I'm not going to joke about that monster. So, we... Uh, okay, stay on track, stay on track. Sorry. So, we go for like 15 minutes into the middle of nowhere, and then we end up at some village, which is like a, a fake village made for tourists or something. <laughs> And all you have there are tons of awesome touristy crap. Awesome touristy crap. Bracelets and stuff. Giant coconuts. Giant coconuts. And some places to drink them, like little outdoor seating area or covered seating area because it rains unexpectedly all the time in, in, in uh, Southeast Asia land. And uh, you get some more beers. And so we just chilled there for a while, wondering when somebody was going to murder us. Um, got some more beer, and we just talked crap, talked shit at each other. We had a great time, and we all got along so well. No one, no, yeah, we never fought, we never had issues, it was awesome. And on the way back, I realized that 
I was starting to bond a little bit with uh, our guide lady. She was no longer really our guide. She, she, you know, like she wasn't in charge. She wasn't saying, go here, do this, do this, do that. She was a very nice guide, right? And yeah, I realized I started to get a lot closer with her. And uh, in very cute ways that I wouldn't realize until maybe just now foretold something. <laughs> we really did have a connection and we all got along really well but there was just some particularly cute moment when I managed to I was probably getting a little bit drunk but lay my head in her lap as we were taking the terror terror train back <laughs> to the start of the train tracks and uh, she just began stroking the side of my face like on my cheek and my eye and man that's a bit of heaven, ain't it? Yeah. But, 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 we arrive, and our bamboo terror train of, I don't know, a little bit of cute moments at the end has come to an end. Now, what are we going to do? Well... We're going to take our tuk-tuk driver back to the middle of the city. We're going to get some food. We're going to wander around. Some of us are going to join little random dance classes along the river. <laughs> and have all the other women look at us like we are crazy. <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? And then more general shenanigans until we are alerted that next up is a visit to the circus. The Bottom Bangers Circus. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> well, let me take a break before I talk about the circus. I have some wine. <sighs> okay. So, at our cute prison-y hostel, and it was, you have to say, cute prison. Not prison. I was at the real prison hostel later. Later. Oof. But this one's a cute one. And uh, they have a menu of the food you can buy there, like drinks and stuff and some food. And there's no regulation, so every place can sell everything that they can buy, basically, and resell. So it's kind of fun. And on the last page of this menu, this laminated, hand-printed menu, is a listing of all of the events that they can book for you. One of which is this bamboo train that we went on. One is this night circus, and there are a few other fun things. The adventure is not over. And then at the bottom, I love this, they had visa. They had a visa menu, three or four different visa options and the prices. There's no paperwork, no nothing. It is pay this much, you get the visa for this long. You hand them your passport, and it says your visa is returned in three days. <laughs> One of the visas cost over $300. So you're supposed to pay these people you don't know at all hundreds of dollars and give them your most precious commodity while abroad, your passport. <laughs> you give it to a hostel and they give it back to you with a visa? <laughs> it's so crazy. You know, it's funny. Don't waste your time applying for a visa to Vietnam or Cambodia or any one of these Southeast Asian countries before you get close to them. Go to one of the neighboring countries and then you just order it on the back of a hostel menu and you get it in a couple days. No paperwork, 
nada, nothing. It's awesome. That's how I got my Vietnam visa. And then they kicked me out of the hostel, prison hostel, fucking bitch. That was, we're going to get to that story soon. That was the actual prison hostel that I'm going to tell you about in a bit. <laughs> so, let's go to the nighttime circus ordered from the back of the hostel menu. <laughs> Our private tuk-tuk chauffeur picks us up again and whisks us away to the circus. And we cannot wait for the elephants and the clowns and the tigers and the bearded women. Uh, no, I'm not talking about British girls. And <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And the seals. I would love to see a seal bounce a ball on its nose. Can they even do that? That would be awesome. And then... What we get, guys, this is so great. If, you, if you've never seen Tropic Thunder, go and watch it right now. Pause this, go watch it right now, and then come back, okay? What we saw was a simple Jack performance. We saw a play that, I kid you not, I kid you not, it was modeled after Ben Stiller's performance of Simple Jack when he was kidnapped by the drug cartel in the jungle of i think vietnam or maybe cambodia maybe maybe they modeled the simple jack play there in the jungle off of what actually takes place there i don't know but imagine ben stiller okay playing a retarded character from a movie he played but in a jungle in front of a drug gang that's what we watched that's what we watched for like an hour and a half, but with acrobatics. Simple Jack did flips and stuff, but no tigers or elephants. They were busy working for the Chinese tourists at CM Reef. <laughs> I said that as a joke, and then immediately afterwards, I realized that's actually true. <laughs> that's totally why. <laughs> that's totally where they were and why you wouldn't find them anywhere else. So we sit through an hour and a half of the most awkward looking thing, drama, theater, simple Jack production I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then we finish it and we all head to a neighboring hostel. We get our tuk-tuk driver to take us back and go to a neighboring hostel. No one's upset for what we saw. We're more just like, what the hell was that? What an experience. And when you're abroad, you want an experience, and that was definitely an experience. <laughs> Simple Jack's Cambodian performance, bottom bong. <laughs> oh, but the night was nowhere near over. We go back to the middle of the city. And then we go to a neighboring hostel across the river to have some drinks. And finally, we're in a hostel hostel. There's other people there, lots of solo travelers, or a few. And we go outside and we start drinking and we start drinking and we start drinking. We're having a great time. And guess what happens? The Italian girl who I met on the canal boat ride down to Bottom Bong, the one who I was having a lovely conversation with, she messages me and invites me on a date. And we are to go out for drinks that night. Guys, this is awesome! After, basically, I got sad and depressed that the guide girl 
uh, went with a loser who's 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 only good for steering boats. If you put him underwater and steer a boat with his head, that's what he's good for. And then I got sad, and then I met the Australian girl, then I ended up with the Brazilian girls, and I still was you know felt a little bit better. But then the next day we were on the canal boat, and I met the Italian girl. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Um, well, she remembered me. Of course, it only been 24 hours since we met and we're going on a date and I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. It's going to be great. So guess what happens? I leave my group. I buy a bottle of alcohol just to make sure we don't really know where we're going. So we're going to meet up at her hostel and have some drinks. And I get there, meet her. And she introduces me to her local Cambodian lesbian Tinder date for the night. Mm -hmm. Mm. Gentlemen, can you say awkward? <laughs> oh my gosh. Ooh, should I end it here? Should I end it here? I think I have to end it here. I have so much to tell you about this night. It is ridiculous. Ridiculous. You're going to have to stay for next. I, I can't. If I, if I continue the story right now, it'll take another 20 minutes. And uh, no one's going to listen to that. I'm going to continue it for next week. It is it's a great story. So, next week, we're going to pick up with me arriving at the hostel, giving this lovely, beautiful Italian girl a hug, and her introducing me to her local Cambodian lesbian Tinder date. So, please stay tuned, and if you have any questions or comments or thoughts or questions, go to nofairytaletravels.substack.com and leave me a message there, and I'll make sure I get back to you guys. You're going to want to stick around for this next story. I'm sorry I couldn't fit it in today, but it's a good one. It's a good one. So, I'll, I'll see you next time, I hope. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week.